And good morning, church family. My name is Chanta. I get to serve as one of the pastors of Pathway Church. We probably have a lot of online audience today. I know many of folks are out there watching us because you cannot physically get into the house of God here today for whatever your reasons. I hope it's not because you put shutters on your front door, all right, <laughs> so that you can't get out. That's something that this guy would do. I'm from California, and this is my first hurricane. Woo! Y'all's crazy. <laughs> I see people out on the beaches, and you are at Walmart, and you are just crazy. But I love you because I'm crazy too. And I appreciate you buying all the milk and all the bread. I'm okay with that. The rice, for some reason, was plentiful. We stocked up at my house. In the words of Pastor Nate, let's go. I'm ready. This week, I um, enjoyed hearing some good news from John and Teresa Blake. They're twin girls. Kinley and Kaylin got saved this week. I'm so happy for them. And I think John Cranman and Dana Cranman, their son Auden, uh, uh, got saved this week as well. Isn't that wonderful? In the middle of a crazy week like this, God's still on his throne. And Jesus is Lord. And suffer not the little children to come unto him. That's so beautiful. I love the, the message that Teresa gave me. And they can't wait for you to talk to them about baptism. Well, they're already understanding faith. That's wonderful. You might agree with me. Good is the enemy of great. We've been learning about the three greats, right? What if we just said the three goods? You know, these things that are okay, that are acceptable. It's all right. As long as we put it into the, eh, it'll work out. What would you do with that statement? If you went to your surgeon who you are going to possibly need surgery and you asked him what his thoughts about your surgery and your condition, he said, well, I had a little schooling. I don't know if I'd let you work on me, Brett. I'm not so sure if you were like, um, you know, it's iffy. The command and the admonish for us for the last several weeks is to understand that word, great. Because we don't serve a, just a good God, we serve a great God. He didn't ask us to do the good commission. He asked us to do the great commission. He didn't ask us just to do the good thing by, you know, doing good to others. He asked us to do the great commandment, to love our neighbors like we love ourselves. Good is the enemy of great. A man, an author wrote by the name of Jim, Jim Collins in his book, Good to Great. Good is the enemy of great. And that is one of the key reasons why we have so little that becomes great. 
We don't have great schools, principally because we have good schools. We don't have great government, principally because we have good government. Few people attain great lives in large part because it is just so easy to settle for a good life. Oh, that God's people would not desire to just be good and be okay with it. We serve a great God with a great commandment, with a great commission. You may have seen the recent AT&T commercials. Some of you are nodding your head because you might know what I'm referring to. The AT&T commercial lately says, just okay is not okay. Because they didn't want to just have a okay network. They wanted to have an a great network, one that covers the vast and is available to all. And I repeat and resound the words of AT&T. We have a great message that's available to all. In our text, Matthew 9, 35 through 38, as you may have recognized over the past several weeks we've been on these series and we've actually printed out papers for you to stay updated and we post it online on our Facebook and social media handles and show you how you can follow along. And this is the passage for today. Matthew 9, 35, And Jesus went throughout all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom. And the gospel we know is the good news and healing every disease and every affliction and we saw the crowds he had compassion for them because they were harassed and they were helpless like sheep without a shepherd i like what paul says in philippians i preach christ i know christ i want to preach christ and the power of his resurrection in 1 Corinthians, he admonishes us that he is proclaiming or preaching the gospel to all nations. But there's a passage here that we have to look at because this is our focus for today. It says that he had compassion upon them because they were harassed, helpless like sheep without a shepherd. And then it goes on to saying, then he said to his disciples, which then made me want to incline my ears just a little bit. If he made sure to speak in such a way that his disciples, he had their attention, must we as followers of the Lord Jesus Christ give him our attention for this moment in this passage. And here's what he says. The harvest is plentiful, but the labors are few. Therefore, ask, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out labors into his harvest. In another passage of scripture, he says, work for the night comes when no man can work. There's going to be a day and there's going to be a time when we won't have the privilege of working. We know a little bit about that context today, this week, don't we? We're hurrying and scurrying to put up all of our shutters and prepare ourselves for something that is impending because forecast if it be true it's at least coming in somewhat of this direction and we must prepare 
We must prepare because we know that our time uh, here left available to make ourselves ready is very limited. The storm is coming, so we must prepare. And Jesus gives us a same passage and a same description of saying, listen, one day the harvest is going to come and there's no more time to work for the night is coming when no man can work. And then it's going to be too late. If you are a child, if you are a child of God, it may be too late. That's why we must give ourselves our all for the work of the Lord Jesus Christ. If you are not a child of God, today could be the day of your salvation. It is not too late. Jesus bids, come unto me. You who are weary and are heavy laden, I will give you rest the Lord Jesus Christ says. Eastern Airlines, many of you may be familiar if you're an old school, old timer here in Florida. Eastern Airlines Flight 401 was scheduled from New York to Miami on December 29th, 1972. The Lockheed L-1011-1 TriStar operating the flight crashed into the Florida Everglades, causing 101 fatalities. The pilots and the flight engineer, two of the 10 flight attendants, and 96 of the 163 passengers died. 75 passengers and crew survived. The crash occurred while the cockpit crew was preoccupied with a burnt-out light bulb in the landing gear. They failed to notice that the autopilot had inadvertently been disconnected. And as a result, the aircraft gradually lost altitude and crashed. For a long while, it was circling around, trying to fix everyone on the crew that had capability, did their best to look the engineers went down and tried to fix things at the bottom of the plane with the wheel, landing gear, trying to balance it out. Everyone did their best in what they knew how. But all along, it was because the light bulb of the landing gear was not functioning. Lives were at stake, and many died. As we understand this passage, may I give you a pretty simple application. The Bible gives us a command, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which art in heaven. A light on the city on a hill cannot be hid lest it be trodden under the foot of men and therewith it would be no good. That's how salt is. If salt has lost its savor, where would it be any good except to be trodden under the foot of men? So therefore, brothers and sisters, let your light so shine. And if your light bulb is not connected, you might need to connect it to the source. Lives are at stake. As believers, you are the light. The hope of glory lives inside of you. Don't cover it up. I love the little children's song. Hide it under a bushel. No, I'm going to let it shine. 
won't let Satan it out. I'm going to let it shine. Won't let trials and tribulation it out. I'm going to let it shine. Shine it until Jesus comes. I'm going to let it shine. That's what we must do. All because of a light that was burnt out. How's your light today? Are you dimming? Because lives are at stake. Consider William Booth, the Salvation Army, who said many years ago, in a book, it was recounted, I recall hearing William Booth, the first general of the Salvation Army, say, when explaining the darkest England scheme, that its real objective was not just the amelioration of social conditions, but first and foremost, the bringing of men to the repentance of their souls that they might be saved. I can recall the flash in his eye, the noble bearing of his commanding figure as he exclaimed, Take a man from the filth and squalor of the slums, exchange his rags for decent clothing, move him from the stifling stench of the city tenement to a little, small, neat cottage in the pure air of the country, put him on his feet economically where he can make a decent living for himself and his family, and then let him die in his sins, unsaved, and be lost forever. Really, it is not worthwhile. And I, for one, would not attempt this. If every person, J.W. Praying Hyde would say, if every person in the world had adequate food, housing, income, if all men were equal, if every possible social evil and injustice were all done away with, men and women and children would still need one thing, Jesus Christ. That's our living hope. That's anyone's living hope. Without the Lord Jesus Christ, where would I be? Oh, but for the grace of God. The word of Matthew 9 says to go and proclaim. To proclaim is to herald. To proclaim is to declare. The herald does not invite people to travel to the palace ground so that they can hear the king's message. The herald goes right into the villages where the people live and it is there that he delivers the king's messages. That's proclaiming the gospel. Jesus said he, in Matthew 9, he went into the villages and into the cities and into the synagogues and he preached the gospel. He proclaimed the gospel, the good news that Jesus Christ rose from the grave. That's what Paul was saying. It is the power of the resurrection that we have in Jesus Christ that we can declare that he's alive forevermore. Hallelujah. And there was a passage that, of all the passages that have been assigned to our pastors and preachers to teach. This one is near and dear to my heart, not because of just the news in it, but there was a word. My life verse is found in Jude 22. It's been my life verse for, since I was a teenager. 
my pastor and mentor led me to the Lord in my living room in Long Beach, California as a 10-year-old boy. I was just a poor kid living in the ghettos of Los Angeles and somebody had compassion on me. God had compassion upon me. This man would share with me the gospel and he would live out the gospel and he would declare out of his life a testimony that was so beautiful by his works. And I came to know and I adopted this as my life verse because somebody had compassion upon me to share with me the good news of Jesus Christ. In Jude 22 it says, and some have compassion making a difference in one translation. I'd finish with this poem to share with you. I'd rather see a sermon than hear one any day. I'd rather see a sermon. I'd rather one walk with me than merely tell the way. The eye is, better, is a better pupil, more willing than the ear. Fine counsel is confusing, but example is always clear. And the best of all preachers are the men who live their creeds, for to see a good put in action is what everyone needs. I can soon learn how to do it if you would let me see it done. I can watch your hand in action, but your tongue too fast may run. And the lectures you deliver may be wise and true, but I'd rather get my lesson from observing what you do. For I may misunderstand you and the high advice you give, but there's no misunderstanding in how you act and how you live. When I see a deed of kindness, I am eager to be kind. When a brother, a weaker brother stumbles and a strong man stands behind, just to see if he can help me, then the wish grows strong in me to become as big and thoughtful as I know that friend to be. And all the travelers can witness that the best guides today is not the one who tells them, but the one who shows the way. The good man teaches many. Men believe what they behold. One deed of kindness noted is worthy. Forty that are told. Who stands with men of honor learns to hold his honor clear. For right living speaks a language which to everyone is clear. Through an able speaker charms me with his eloquence, I say I'd rather see a sermon than hear one any day. Can we live out the gospel this week? Can we live out the Lord Jesus Christ, not just with our words, but with our actions? Truth be known, I've been witnessing that this week as neighbors help neighbors. Friends help friends. There was a widow lady in our church who didn't have her shutters up and someone promised her that shutters would be up by X day that she had paid for, but it wasn't up. I watched the church family rally around her. I watched single ladies get cared for. I watched a lady whose husband was not capable of lifting things as the church family rallied around them. 
That is the gospel. It's not living in our home, hunkering down, saying, at least we're going to be okay. That's what the church family is all about. And that's why through storms of life or this church, it'll be all right when we have people ready to serve, ready to love in the name of Jesus. That is the gospel. Let's all stand to our feet, shall we? After this worship song together, I'd like to do something because the winds and the waves are controlled by the weatherman. The weatherman that we know through the news is only one that predicts what may come based on statistics and analysis. But there's one that we can pray to and we can ask him to hold up his hands and protect us, protect this city. Jeremiah, the book of Jeremiah says, pray for the welfare of the city. And that's what we want to pray for. And so at the very end, I'm going to come back and just lead us through a season of prayer for the protection of, our, of you, of one another, for the state of Florida and all up and down the Eastern Corridor. But let's respond and in your seat, out of your seat, however God leads you.
Randy, come on back up here. Let's all sing that uh, last part again. Holy, holy, like one big choir. Can we do that? Just one last time and just let that embrace your church family, embrace the holiness of God. And we're going to sing as if we're just at the throne room of Jesus because that's where we're at. In the presence of God. So you've warmed up your voices long enough. So we're going to sing it together like one big choir. Let's go. Holy, 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 almighty. Oh, there it is. 
song shall rise to thee. Sing it. Holy, holy, holy. And mighty. In three. Blessed Trinity. He's worthy to be praised. He's worthy to be praised. Remain standing. We're going to dismiss in prayer. And we're going to do this. We're going to pray in the direction against the storm. The storm is east of us. And we're going to lift up holy hands and say, you're going to remain east of us. You're not going to harm us in Jesus' name. That's the only authority that we have. I'm going to invite Earl Hendricks, a dear pastor. I don't know why God brings pastors, whether retired or former, to our church but he chooses to do so, and I'm so grateful for that. Earl and Mary have been in ministry for a long time. They just returned back from the UK to grieve the death of his mother. But anytime you see hope, uh, you see Mary and you see Earl, they've got the joy and the peace of the Lord. Speaks with a cool Jamaican accent too. <laughs> Pastor Randy, may I borrow a mic? And um, I've come to love this man and his wife. Alan, I'm glad that God brought you to our church, former missionary to China and um, to Poland. God brought you to our church. Would you come and join me? And I'm going to ask you to just join us in prayer. Jerry, God used you in ministry for many years. Jerry's a former pastor in the state of Oregon. And for some reason, God brought Jerry to our church. Would you just join me up here, Jerry? We've got all, a, lot of, a lot more. I mean, this is, I'm just going to ask these men to just, Earl, you lead us in, in prayer. And here's what I'd like for our church family to do. That is east. So you're going to turn around to the east. And you're going to lift up holy hands if that's what you feel the courage to do in faith. What if there was a church that not just had enough faith to move mountains, but had enough faith to see God move the winds and the waves. So as Dr. Hendricks prays for us, we're just going to pray in the Spirit with him. Dr. Earl? Father, we, Father, we acknowledge this day that you are God. There is no other God beside you. You alone are our God. And we worship you. And Lord, your word declares that you have given us dominion in this earth to subdue it. Yes. But Father, we know from your word that we can do nothing apart from you. Hallelujah. But Lord, in and through the mighty name of your son, Jesus Christ, we can come boldly to the throne of grace Thank and we can ask for help in Thank our time you. of need. Thank you.
And so this morning, in the name of Jesus, we come. We come on behalf of our state. We come on behalf of part of our nation. We come on behalf of all of those this morning who are in the path and danger of this hurricane. And we ask and we declare and we speak to it. Yes. That it be diverted by the mighty power of your name. Yes, hallelujah. That no harm, no danger come nigh this place. That no one loses their life or their property because of this hurricane. In the name of Jesus. Because Lord, you are the one who spoke. And the wind and the wave obeyed you. Yes. And you have given us the authority to use your name. You have said whatever we ask yes. in your name. Yes. You said where two or three touch and agree on anything in your name. I agree. And Lord, it is only because of your name. While we come boldly and we come confidently and we come asking. And we believe as we ask this in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Amen, amen, and amen. As you are dismissed, please go in the name of Jesus. And greet one another in the name of Jesus. At the foyer, if you are interested in helping out your neighbors in this community, go sign up. God bless you.